Hello there, and welcome to the second and final episode of our special series on the benefits of public relations or PR to African tech startups, brought to you in partnership with Africa-focused PR company Talking Drum Communications. Last week, we discussed the whys, whens and hows of working with PR experts, whether in-house or in the form of an agency, and what benefits are to be gained from telling your story in an effective way. This week, in episode two, we are looking at the other side of the coin and how having a strong PR function can help startups survive in times of crisis. Many thanks to Talking Drum Communications for their support and insights, and we hope you enjoy the episode. In times of crisis, such as many startups are experiencing right now due to the global capital shortage, a company's PR function is often one of the first to go as cutbacks are made. Unfortunately, it's it's not a foreign reality to many PR people. I think this is misconception, in my opinion, that PR is one of these kind of nice to have functions that you have within the business. Um, but if you if you if, if you're more specific about the time that we're in right now, um, I think I'll, I'll, just because a lot of the ecosystem has been driven by external funding and that fund is kind of dried up, so people are kind of reconfiguring. Um, what they spend their money on and they kind of streamlining and saying, okay, like this PR thing that we're doing to drive funding is dried up. So we don't, we're not getting as much funding. So let's cut PR. And it's like, from my point of view, I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's quite a short sighted approach to doing it. But I'll say that because I run a PR uh, consultancy. So um, I, I guess, I guess that's that. But in my opinion, I still think um, uh, you always need, to have your comms team because it it can't just be that the only time you want to speak or the only time you think you should speak is when everything is great and wonderful. Sometimes when when things aren't so great and wonderful, effective communication can can be a very powerful tool for steadying the ship, pointing things in the right direction, building momentum and and doing all those kind of things that that deliver tangible tangible benefits to the business but I guess sometimes people can when people thinking of cutting it's like everyone just almost like just cut everything first and then figure it out second but I I, I, I don't I don't think that should be the way that was Bemi Ado founder and managing director of Talking Drum Communications which helps innovative businesses in Africa get more effective publicity and shape beneficial perceptions of the work they're doing on the continent he says PR has as much of a part to play in bad times as in good even in the midst of a storm, you still, you, you still need to communicate to everyone that's on board, like all your stakeholders, communicate what direction you're headed in. Making sure you have a qualified, experienced PR function in times of crisis is pivotal. You hear about big companies where the only person uh, that works on their PR team is an intern. And you're like, you, you wouldn't do that for your sales. You wouldn't do that for your wider marketing function. You wouldn't do that for product development. But for some reason, everyone thinks PR is this thing that doesn't really need to be attended to as such. Um, but like I said, when 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 times are really tough, that's when you really need experienced hands, capable hands, people that can help you to sort of redirect whatever energy is coming in from the, the bad times I direct it into pushing the business forward. One key piece of advice when navigating a crisis from a PR perspective is to ensure you are not just talking about the crisis. It's also leveraging the crisis and being present enough and being sort of conscious enough to be able to spin the story in a way that, yes, you admit what's going on, depending on the nature of the crisis as well, 
But also you want to make sure that people leave with like a sense of who you are, what you're about, even in the middle of a crisis. Like just because you're in the middle of a crisis doesn't mean you're not who you are and you're not on your mission anymore. And you want to make sure you're communicating that, but you need to, you need to be present enough in that moment. You need to be conscious enough to make that happen. And hence why you, you, you need, you need, you need experienced comms teams in that, in that, in that situation. Having experienced heads within the comms team is especially important, given that there is no one-size-fits-all response to a crisis, with each issue having to be dealt with on its own merits. One of the things people often come to us with when when a crisis first breaks out is, oh, all hell's broken loose, let's blast out a, a statement to all the media houses and let everybody know that we are innocent and we didn't do anything. Now, whatever statement they want to put out, oh, we are sorry, we did everything wrong and whatever it is. And it's like, sometimes that's going to calm people down and be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. When working with clients in times of crisis, Talking Drum first ensures it hears the whole story before then leveraging its experience of dealing with similar issues elsewhere to advise them on how to proceed. When a crisis is going on from a business perspective and from a comms perspective in particular, your your goal or I believe the goal should be to bring the crisis to a swift and favourable conclusion, to the to swiftest and most favourable conclusion. So what what your actions need to feed into is is that situation. So you don't want to unnecessarily prolong the life cycle of the crisis. So again, that's what you need. Uh, you need people who actually know the way around how to deal with a situation to be like, okay, in this situation, this is what we need to say to actually bring this thing to a halt and just kill the situation dead. Or actually, in some cases, let's just let this blow over. It may be rocky for a couple of minutes, but... If we comment, we actually just fuel in the fire and we just prolong the crisis. So something that would have lasted for a day, we might inadvertently turn into like a, a two, three week long issue, uh, which, which no one really wants. But you need to make a, a, the right judgment call in that moment. And you need people who actually know uh, what they're talking about to give you the right advice. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to ignore something that needs to be addressed immediately. But at the same time, you don't want to throw fire or throw, we don't want to pour fuel on the flame of something that 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 would naturally die by itself if you just left it alone. Those judgment calls have to be made on a case-by-case basis but are there any general rules of thumb when it comes to deciding whether or not to speak publicly about bad news surrounding your business? In terms of one way, it's good to just come up and control the narrative, as it were. Something like job cuts, for example. So if, if so, we, we, we worked with a company a while ago that they 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 had to let go of some people on their team and they were handling the situation internally to put the compensation packages in place and all that kind of stuff. Um, and a member of the team that was let go felt hard done by and took the story to the press and everything kind of broke out that, oh, this company is letting go of X amount of people, which was very unnecessary uh, um, uh, media coverage for them at the time. So what we did was just, I had a, 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 like a sit down with, with the CEO at the time. I got the, their side of the story and it just, it, it, it turned out like there's like a disgruntled, um, employee. And also everyone that was let go was let go because they've been put on like a performance enhancement program for three to six months and none of them had improved in that time. So it was all performance based, not because I think that this story also happened when, uh, uh, there were lots of like, I think it was at the height of the well, height, depending on how you look at it, but it was when there was a lot of bad, the, 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 the news about the slowdown, the downturn and the tech funding was coming in and everyone was like cutting for lots of other companies were cutting because they run out of money. But this 
clients of ours wanted to make sure it was very clear that that wasn't the case, that these guys were let go. And it was very important that we, we kind of strategically put that message out there to kind of just kill the story dead. Like, look, this is not a financial whatever situation. This is just a situation where these people didn't perform well and they have to be let go. So just correct the the, the story, put the right narrative out there, take back, like, for lack of a better phrase, take back control of the situation and just make sure that everything is where you want it to be. That then is an example of a case where the correct course of action is to come out in front of the story and try to regain control of the narrative. Sometimes, however, that may not be the case and silence might be the best way forward. Even if you decide that is the case, though, you should ensure you're ready to speak if necessary. You have to judge whatever action you take based on what, how it helps bring the, the 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 situation, the crisis to the swiftest and most favorable conclusion. Because what you don't want is to be quiet while the fire is burning and getting bigger. Where if you jumped on it the first day, you could have killed it. But you need to, you need to, you need to judge judge the temperature, judge what's happening in that moment in time, um, judge all the different details that are available on on on, on the situation. And then once you've done that, once you've reviewed as much information as you, as you can. You can then go on to make um, an informed decision to say, okay, right, the best thing to do is 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 to just hold our tongue. But however, saying that, one, one thing we always advise with our clients uh, uh, is when, when these crises are brewing and you're trying to work out whether or not to comment or not, even when you decide not to comment, we always have like a draft comment like ready in our back pocket. So in case we need to we need to put that out there um like straight away like we, we we're ready we're not then starting the process of what are we gonna say how we're gonna you plan for you 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 plan you plan for the worst case scenario when it comes to crises you plan for the worst case scenario but you prepare you hope for the best right so um worst case scenario means you need to come out there and say something explain something to people uh, and yeah I think that's the just just being mindful of that I think is very important in terms of planning. Again, it comes back to making sure you have experienced comms heads around who have seen all kinds of crises before and seen what worked and what didn't. Having that experience kind of gives you like a calm head. It's literally okay, because it's this thing, there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's no crisis that's happened that's not happened before. So you have that perspective to be like, okay, right, other people have navigated this situation. And almost like what, 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 one piece of advice that we always work with uh, with our clients is working through like how do you I'm like what's what's the what's 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 the outcome we are aiming for here and how do we achieve that outcome? So work through that, work through that process, um make sure that uh you you sort of clear on where you're trying to go and how you're trying to achieve that that objective. And so the question about how do you engage, there's a there's a, I don't know where people get this idea from, but I've seen it so many times when a journalist is writing like a, a an article that could potentially negatively impact a, a, a brand. And in many cases, like they will like the journalist would email the CEO or email someone quite senior or at least get in touch with the company directly or get in, get in touch somehow. Um and the, the 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 companies quite often refuse to engage. They refuse to comment. It's almost like or they say what you say now in terms of um like just being very negative and being very aggressive in their pushback, where I feel that's one of the most counterproductive ways of doing it because what you're pretty much telling the journalist by 
either ignoring them or being aggressive is that they have a point and they have a story to, there's something there. How you respond to journalists asking difficult questions is also important and will play a part in dictating whether you're able to weather the storm or not. I don't know where people get this idea from, but I've seen it so many times when a journalist is writing like a, a, an article that could potentially negatively impact a, a, a brand. And in many cases, like they will, like the journalist will email the CEO or email someone quite senior or at least get in touch with the company directly or get in, get in touch somehow. Um, and the, 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 the companies quite often refuse to engage. They refuse to comment. It's almost like, or they say what you say now in terms of, um, like just being very negative and being very aggressive in their pushback where I feel that's one of the most counterproductive ways of doing it because what you're pretty much telling the journalists by either ignoring them or being aggressive is that they have a point and they have a story to, there's something there that's clearly rallying you up. Which then goes back to the point about having calm heads on the ground. Whatever the story is, you need to be able to figure out how to shape perceptions around the facts that are available, how to shape perceptions in a way that ultimately favours your business. In some cases, there are no perceptions to be shaped, but you still need to be able to communicate your response in an effective way. For a sexual assault case, for example, there's no shaping perceptions around that. Like, But what you need to do is be able to communicate what you're doing in terms of, okay, has this person been suspended indefinitely? Have they been let go? What what, what situation? What what compensation? How is the, the victim being dealt with? Is there an ongoing investigation to establish the facts? What exactly is going on? Like, have you performed an ongoing, like an investigation? Is investigation ongoing? What exactly are you doing? Uh, because again, it goes back to that point. You, you, you really want to make sure at the end of the day that whatever you communicate, either explicitly or implicitly helps or contributes to to a positive um, uh, perception of your business. That's what PR is all about. The potential minefields associated with speaking up or staying quiet and the vital importance of knowing when to do which speak to the importance of a PR function, even in times of economic turbulence. Even in bad times, even when um, there are all sorts of fires burning, uh, PR can be a wonderful tool to sort of keep things going on track and make sure that you're not sort of like hit or buffeted on too many sides uh, by, by by the storms of a crisis. A key aspect of crisis management is being ready for a crisis before it happens. Use the good times to prepare for the bad. Have a plan. Make sure that you are prepared for your crisis before it happens. Uh, I think too often people don't even know how they will deal with the crisis until the crisis is happening. So uh, not, not everyone thinks it's going to, and everyone wants their business to be great and wonderful and every day to be sunshine and rainbows and all that kind of stuff. But anyone who's been around long enough knows that it's not always like that. I need to prepare for the days where it's rainy and it's stormy and it's dark and gloomy and stuff. So how do you, how do you um, navigate those times? How do you work through those times to, to sort of get to back to the rain, to the, to the, to the sunny days and the rainbows? I think in doing that, I think preparing beforehand uh, and again, I emphasize getting the right hands and the right minds around the table to help you plan. I think that can be wonderful because when the storm or let's say if the storm does come, if the crisis does does come, then you can have a degree of confidence that you are ready to, um, that you are ready, ready to, 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 to deal with whatever happens.
some pearls of wisdom from Bemi there on how to navigate a crisis within your business from a PR perspective. The key takeaways, make sure you have experienced comms people on your side, get the decision on whether to speak out or not right, and be ready for a crisis even if the sun is currently shining. That's it for this episode, and indeed for our two-part look at the importance of PR to an African startup, whether it is announcing good news or dealing with bad. Thanks to Bemi and Talking John Communications for their support, and we'll see you soon. Bye.